Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, we hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we are passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow. And I'm Dwayne Drawn. Through our 40 years of combined dirt under the nails experience, we look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow, alongside my trusty sidekick, Dwayne Drum. What's going on, Dwayne? What's going on, my man? I'm just happy to be home, dude. You know, it seems like the past, what, two months, you and I have been traveling all over the United States, promoting Yes Express and getting the word out for, I mean, to grow this these great operations. But it's just nice just to be home. How about you? Yeah, dude, it's really nice to, to think you know what, Sunday? I mean, I, I love seven weeks of boot camp, man. I loved it. But I think Sunday, I could puzzle with my family, <laughs> right? So yeah. I could I can just hang out and not have to move and not have to fly right now. And I miss a little bit of it. But at the same time, I, I do enjoy having my feet grounded. And I actually, this, this last puzzle, my... Uh, my family were putting it together and I said, you know what, we're not going to put it together like usual and put the frame in first. What we're going to do is we're going to start in the middle and work our way out with no frame. Wow. Right. I was like, I never did a puzzle like that before. I said, why the hell couldn't we do that? The, the puzzles we do, it's not the picture on the box anyway. It's it's what happens next or what someone sees from a different perspective. So we have no idea what it's going to be. It helps my mind process and, and create processes and look for nuances and textures. And that's what I'm that's what puzzles do for me. They help me with systems. So anyway, with that being the case, we started it and my wife was not a big fan of the idea in the beginning because she's used to always putting the frame around the outside and they kind of joked and made fun of me. But eventually we got the middle going and now everybody's playing. So it's it's good. It's going to be fun to put the, the border in at the very end. You ever try that? That's Dwayne? pretty bad. No, no, that, but that's pretty badass. I mean, remember I was in the puzzles for a while during COVID and yeah. uh, what happened was you, you've been here and you see how my wife decorates the, yep. the, the living room. She, she took my table away. So I have no, <laughs> nowhere to, to do any of, of the puzzles and she won't let me use the dining table or anything at all. So I'm sort of stuck. I got to get my own room to be honest yeah. with you, just, just so I can do that myself. Yeah. The puzzle room. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, today, guys, our guest, uh, he started Odd Jobs LLC in the summer of 2016. He and his partner, Max, you know, operate their landscape design business from uh, West Bloomfield, Michigan. Uh, the duo, they met as Boy Scouts back in 2009, and their company has now, you know, is now known for unique design and build projects across the Oakland County, uh, Michigan area. They specialize in pavers and retaining walls, outdoor kitchens, pillars, and landscape lighting, outdoor lighting. Uh, in 2020, they experienced their best year in business and it contributed to both mentorship and investing in their people. That's how they ended up getting that growth. And they've taken their company from, you know, $100 garage cleanups to six-figure landscape design projects. So, Joshua Atkins, welcome aboard. What's going on, man? It's great to have you on. How's it going? So far, so good, man. So far, so good. And and uh, I love that story, man. I love the $100 garage cleanups into six-figure outdoor you know, design projects. That's really cool. So tell us where you started and how you ended up in this crazy industry. Yeah, so I started off uh, just cleaning garages. I remember one specific Saturday, I was sleeping and my dad called me like, hey, Josh, come downstairs. I was like, okay, hey, what's up, dad? He was like, 
clean out my garage. I was like, okay. So I started cleaning the garage out, but then I realized like, I'm not doing this alone. So I called one of my friends. He came over, we did it together. And then I was like, Hey, if my dad needs his garage cleaned out, there's probably a lot of other people in the area who need other work done. So what I did was my dad printed out a thousand flyers for me. We put them out everywhere. I put them in, I'd say Kroger's cleaners, um, just about anywhere I could to get the name out there. And it was a really, a really basic like uh, design for the, for the template. So it was just a name, what we do, some basic, you know, here and there's about our projects. And then after that, um, essentially the word just got out. We started doing smaller projects. So cleanups for garages, um, you know, power washing, size of houses, mulch, weeds, just your smaller projects. But as the years grew on, you know, we started to do, you know, we went from cleanouts to leaf, to like leaf cleanups to mulch and then from mulch to bricks. So it's, it's been like a gradual process over time, you know, going from smaller projects to bigger projects. But a lot of it, you know, at the beginning, I had no interest in or no know-how how to do construction or like residential construction at this point. So a lot of it was just, you know, figuring out as you go. I love that. And how did you get, how did you get into learning the construction side? I know a lot of listeners are going from lawn care or from, you know, maintenance site projects into build. Like how was that transition for you? How did you learn that? Yeah. Um, so a lot of the building, that, so as it relates to building, a lot of that was learned knowledge from people that I was hanging around. So one of the things that I pride myself on is being really good with business and sales and marketing. So I stick with my strengths and then I bring people on the team who are actually you know, accommodating to what I do. So if I'm not good at, you know, quarter inches or learning about these small intricacies of construction, what I'll do instead is that I'll actually bring someone to the team who actually helps me. So in 2018, I partnered up with my friend, Max. Max and I met from Eagles. We were both Eagle Scouts. And so what I did from there was just, he knew a lot about, you know, the small things like, hey, here's quarter inches. Here's how you lay a patio. Here's how you install a walkway. And then I knew how to promote, make the sale and market in a way that would actually bring that ideal customer to us so we could actually work with them. So I got in the business by just having a, a need for, you know, I was in college, my first year in college, came back from college. I needed some money. So I needed to, you know, start a little bit of a hustle. And then it kind of grew into my like full-time internship per se throughout my college career. So, so Josh, when you do this, these projects, are they interior, exterior? Like what is your main focus on? And and then uh, this is a two-part question. And when you get into that, that focus, which one do you like the most? Yeah, good question. So a lot of the work that we do is going to be exterior. We really don't do too much interior work. If we do interior, it's going to be very minuscule. So on a small scale, it'll be like backsplash or painting or tile because it's very similar to pavers in a sense. But primarily you'll find us outdoors building some amazing outdoor living spaces. So nine times out of 10, I'm marketing and promoting in hopes of actually getting customers who are looking to upgrade their backyards and their quality of life through the backyard. I love that. I love that. And it sounds like you figured out something that most don't in business. They figured out that marketing is damn important. Yeah. That's, marketing, it's, it's even more important than the, than the finished product. So tell us a little bit about how you stumbled upon that gym. Yeah. Um, in terms of marketing. Yeah. Marketing over the actual install. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, the way that I actually started marketing was because in 2017, and I'll never forget this, 2017 or actually 2018, I got a internship, an actual internship. I went to college at Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. And so I had a business, I had a business, uh, a business background. So my, my major was business, my minor was in Spanish. And so in 2018, I had an internship in Atlanta and I literally could not physically be in Michigan. So 
the summer of 2018, I never stepped foot on any project. I never saw it ever. So I had to market and do sales from 600 miles away from Michigan. So that really sparked my like, I got to market. I have to, this is my only opportunity to create sales is by marketing. So I was marketing on, you know, doing guerrilla stuff like next door, um, posting a lot on Facebook, posting a lot on Instagram. And then I just started bullying Facebook, like Facebook, Facebook, Facebook. Our target market is two people, you know, either empty nesters. So 55 to 65 plus who have, you know, no kids in the home because they went to college or Parents, new parents who have, you know, two to four year olds with new babies, they tend to be our two target markets for actually doing outdoor living spaces. So we've realized that they either exist on Instagram for the younger market or for the older market, the empty nesters, they're typically on Facebook. That's pretty dope that you figure that out. Um, the other thing that I noticed about guerrilla marketing, because that's actually how I got into the game. I used to kill, matter of fact, there's not a platform out here that I probably have not been kicked off of, to be wow. honest with you. Like, yeah. I've been kicked <laughs> off just by killing the shit. But was it was was your marketing you got to think about this question was it your marketing based on marketing strategy or was it based on how much money you had in your pocket so when you say that do you mean like was that i was broke as fuck when i was marketing so (laughs) my strategy was consistency and personality okay so you know i faced the facts hey there's not that many african-american young kids who want to do construction work so I'm kind of like a pink unicorn in a, in a room full of, you know, I don't know, whichever, whatever you want to call it. I stand out pretty easily and I have a great personality. I can communicate effectively and move people, you know, persuade them, you know, into making decisions that they already have somewhat confidence about making, helping them get from, you know, maybe on the 50 yard line to the hundred yard line, getting them to touch down and then, you know, making them feel good about the decision along the way. So I didn't have any, just like you, I didn't have any money. I started off putting, I remember I put my first $100 ad on Facebook for a cleanup of some trees. It was a video that we posted. It was actually a slideshow. It wasn't even a full video. I made it on canva.com. It cost me no money, but it cost me a hundred bucks to advertise it. I made the hundred bucks by writing papers in college to advertise for my business that I saw a future for. I love it. That's a hustle. I love it. Yeah. 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 So I, I remember that, right. but I was extremely consistent. Yeah. Um, when I first started out, I marketed a lot on Nextdoor, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And I got kicked off that platform twice. So yeah, I feel you. <laughs> said, hey, no promoting your business, young man. I said, I'm with you. One more post. <laughs> and they said, all right, enough of that. Get out of here. That's great. That, that's how that worked out. Yeah. Yeah, do, you, do you think so? Like when you when you're out there killing it like that, you know, what I mean, there is a certain I think certain tenacity level of the human being that can do it. And it's just something I actually was going to post today. But one of the guy that I was I was sort of talking about actually sent me a message. So I couldn't post it today. I would have sort of killed him. And what it is, is I can give you the plan. Like I have people that hit me up throughout the day all day long. Like, you know, like you were talking before we even turn this on is that we're all over social media. Well, because of that, I have people asking me questions and I mentor tons of people throughout the days and throughout the week. And so I'm giving them tips and ideas and information and they're not doing the shit. So like, I'm telling them like, bro, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is the step. This is how you fix your, your issue. And it's like, even your marketing thing. And I sit back and they do nothing. It's still the same problem. Like, I, do you think you have to have a certain type of tenacity to even pull through and push through this matrix? Yeah, hundred percent. So one thing that I tell people all the time is that you cannot Te- technically, you cannot motivate someone 
they have to be intrinsically motivated and then you inspire them to actually take action on that motivation. So it has to be in you and then something external pulls it, you know, further more out of you. You already have a fire within you, but someone throws some gas on you per se. So there does, it, it does take a, a specific level of tenacity, but also will to actually push through because right now I'm experiencing problems with permitting. The city of West Bloomfield is giving me tons of problems with, you know, hey, you need structural designs for this. Hey, you can't have these swales here. Hey, you can't have the swale in the EFS zone. Just all kind of crazy stuff. And a lot of people, I was telling Max this earlier, a lot of people would have checked out already. They would have been onto the next project, a simpler one. But I got to get this gig and I want to do it. So you got you to gotta stick around for, you know, good times, bad times, but it's almost inevitable. You know, no matter if you do construction, cleaning, electrical, plumbing, you're going to have hardships. You're going to have ups, downs. So you just got to keep pushing. Hundred percent, dude. And you know, you're right with the stormwater side of things and managing the, the the grade, if you will. It's not just a matter of putting a patio in anymore. Most townships want to have say in where the water goes and how much leaves properties and all that stuff. And I see a lot of of you know students and local uh, contractors that get scared to death by the idea of working with an engineer, or working with somebody who can mitigate stormwater. And yep. at the end of the day, it's basically digging a big hole, filling it full of stone, and running the water in it. But it has to be engineered to the right size, location, all this kind of stuff, right? It's not that difficult to do, but most get scared of it and they run. But and I, I keep saying, stop, slow down, look around your area, find an engineer you can work with because those are the projects that nobody else wants. Yep. And they are very, they, they can be very profitable projects. If you know how to manage something that most get scared of, just like, now you're like, dude, I'm just going to fix this. Like, I love this. Let's just fix this. Right. And once you own that stuff, dude, there's nothing that'll stop you because most don't want it. They just want the low hanging fruit and you can go after the better stuff. Yep. hundred percent. Definitely, definitely a good thing your mind's in it. So, you know, most think about at business, and I know I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but most think that they're a landscaper or hardscaper or a lawn care company that markets, where I think you've kicked into it pretty early and realized that you're a marketing company that landscapes, hardscapes, and builds outdoor living, right? Yeah. I mean, you're a marketing company that's in the people business, first off. Yep. You're doing business with homeowners, people who are actually human just like yourself. So a marketing company in the in the people business that happens to offer landscape services, yes. Yep. Yep. So, but you're marketing first and that's what I'll keep driving on people's throats because it's marketing first. Those, those lives, those videos you're posting, they want to, they want to know what human they're doing business with, not just what the end result is. That's a consideration. But once they know, like you said, you're popping up all over the place and Dwayne and you know, me more recently is, is all over the place. And it's like, people start getting a sense of who you are. And if it takes 16 touches to say yes, and that keeps expanding every day because of the amount of people that are inundated with social media, then it's a matter now of, of how do we get out there and make ourselves, you know, differentiate ourselves once yeah. our face is out and running. But I love that you've, you've picked up on that early because it's going to take you much faster to the top. 100%. That's so cool. Yeah. Believe it or not, Josh, um, I've actually slowed down a little bit on the social media. Hmm. I used to be really, really heavy. And then what happened was the leads have come in so hot and so heavy and so powerful that my staff and I, we could barely keep up what's going on. So I've, I've actually backed down a lot more than what I used to do. Uh, the question I got for you, Josh, is how are you handling the internals of your business and operation with all the leads and a new marketing that you're doing? Yeah. So similar to what I mentioned earlier about, you know, hiring weaknesses, I've realized that I'm one person and that, you know, I, I have just as much of a potential to make human error as anyone else does. So I like to hire people that can work beside me. So I had an assistant last year that we used to, you know, help with communicating with customers, you know, responding to emails, calling HOAs, uh, calling out Ms. Dig to mark any lines, just like some basic things that you have to do with construction. So 
that's what I use, you know, an additional person who may not have all the technical or product knowledge about, you know, hardscape specifically, but they have some intel about how to, you know, communicate with another person, project manage, and then, you know, work together. And the person that I hired happened to be someone that was also another Boy Scout from our troop. So I, I've hired people that are close to me. Um, I may not have, you know, the, the best relationship with them over time because, you know, just relationships start to mend, you know, with time, but bring people back that, you know, incorporate them into your vision and then, you know, help them see that their, their goals, their dreams can be reached, you know, by working with you and helping you reach your goals. Yeah. Um, and the notes here that I wrote when you first jumped on, um, I actually, I don't have specific questions, but during the conversation, I actually take notes okay. for things to remember. And one of the things that I always say is you probably hear this a lot is proximity is power. Who you around is who you become. Yeah. And when you first hopped on, the first thing that I wrote was proximity is power. It seems like you figure that out. Like you figured out how to put yourself around the circles. Now, are you specifically doing that or that's something you just stepped into? Specifically, very intentional, very intentional about being around people who can elevate me and think different. You know, I'm very comfortable being in rooms where it's uncomfortable to announce my achievements, because if you're not in those rooms, you know, you don't see what's possible and seeing what's possible helps you become aware of what's you know potential within you. If that human being that you're standing in front of that's giving you the information about, you know, how to do this massive project, he breathes like you, he wakes up just like you, groggy. He gets hungry like you. He uses the bathroom just like you. Well, then I have just as much of the potential to do exactly what he's done. So I'm going to listen to you specifically and intentionally put myself in front of you so I can learn more about you. Yeah. I love that, dude. You yeah. get it. So I'm pretty frequent with uh, seminars and uh, podcasts mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, some even out of state events just to get around people who are crushing it. Joshua, how old are you? I'm 24 years old today. Damn. I wish I was that smart oh, today. when I was 24. Oh, <laughs> today? Well, also, yeah, 24. Happy birthday, dude. I'm 24, my, my, I'm 24 years old. <laughs> so your birthday's today? Was it your birthday today? Is no, that correct? No. <laughs> no, I'm 24 years old. <laughs> we could sing him happy birthday, even if it's not, Dwayne. What do you think? Oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not so much of a good singer, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I, I use cuss words. They'd be like, happy fucking birthday, happy fucking birthday. They'd be like, I'm fucking up. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. But man, 24, I, I, I wish at 24 I had the... the the awareness to start doing that stuff. It took me a little longer in life to figure that out. Yeah. But um, so, so what are some of the different events you've done? How have they impacted you? How have they helped you? You mentioned, you know, in, in the bio that you were, you know, that you've worked with people and mentored and things like that in order yeah. to get you there faster. So tell us a little bit about your journey that way. hundred um, percent. So events, I've gone to some specific marketing and sales events. So those are like uh, events with the uh, 10X community. If you guys know about them. Um, so in Miami, so visiting events like that about sales and marketing, just getting that business mind, you know, again, this is a, it is a landscape construction company, but there's a business that's backing it. <clears throat> so mm-hmm. that's first. Um, second, I have a friend named Brandon who operates in Michigan. So he does some really amazing projects too. So him and I work together on projects pretty frequently. So I, I get a lot of intentional mentorship, but also just, you know, phone calls, texts that also can be, you know, sharing information that's, that's mentorship as well. And then, um, just being in hardscape groups, you know, being in the hardscape Facebook groups, sometimes they're not the best because people in there are pretty, you know, negative, but, uh, the hardscape groups. And recently I went to an event that I know you guys went to, which was the Techo block conference. So I went to that in uh, Charlotte, that was about a month and a half ago. So just being abreast of, you know, 
product knowledge, but as well as sales and marketing knowledge and combining the two, that that's really where, you know, all the pillars come together and it really works out well. Josh, I'm going to put you up on some game. This is actually not a question. This is something, a little tip I'm going to show you and, and other people can hear it. Okay. There's a bunch of other groups that the hardscapes, they don't even see and understand. Okay. There's interior design and there's home improvement design groups and things like that. Mm-hmm. Those are some huge boosts. And when you're talking about hundred K two, three, four, five hundred thousand dollars $500,000 projects and, and jobs, that's what you get from them. And they tend to be like all over the country. Like oh, wow. I, I was just at one in, uh, um, LA is a $20 million home tour. I got to meet the builders, the designers, everybody else. And we're now in communication and discussions. Now, I think the hardscape wow. industry tends to be sort of a bit hard and rigid and the interior design and home improvements tends to be a little softer, better events, better drinks, better meals. I mean, you got to dress better to be a part of this, this shit. Like you got to put yeah. your suit and jacket on, okay. but these events are the big, I mean, they are the big bangers. So little tip to throw you on that. Cause since you have that tenacity yeah. and that gas to go get it, start looking into those two. Okay, cool. Thank I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. So, so Josh, so, you know, <sighs> You start out this thing in business, you know, 2016, now it's 2022. What are some of the, what are some of the things you've learned? We're not going to call them failures. We're calling learning experiences that you've had along the way. Things that you're like, holy crap, I wish I could tell everybody about this so they don't have to experience what I did. So do you have anything that comes up or your top three that uh, you can help us with? Yeah, I'd say number one, get a really strong contract. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you don't know until you know. So I'd say get a really strong contract, you know, maybe have an attorney look over it just to, just to be safe because I've had customers who have been extremely sketchy and that didn't turn out too well. So I definitely say get a contract. Um, second, if you can get a partner, get someone else who get someone else who knows about, you know, the business and they may even know more knowledge about you than you about specifically, you know, hardscapes or, or, you know, just pavers, retaining walls, whatever have you. That'd be my second recommendation. Um, other failures. Um, uh, be careful of working working with homeowners that are engineers. They're very st- they're sticklers. And <laughs> <laughs> yep. and lo- you know what? Lawyers are assholes too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch lawyers, do man. They're assholes, bro. They're just straight up assholes. Really? Yeah, I worked with an engineer. Oh man, this guy used to literally. We would work from the morning to like lunchtime. And then at lunch, they would go, the team would go to lunch. He would come outside and quite literally remove and stack the blocks if they weren't exactly how we liked them. So my team would come back and they'd be like, why did you move the blocks, man? Why did you move the papers to the left? He was like, oh, I like him like this instead. So be careful of working with engineers. You have to hire him. <laughs> yeah, he's, that guy was, a, he's interesting. Oh goodness. That's always, fun. You, you know, let me, um, let's, let's actually start the podcast right here. Okay. Josh, this is another question. We talk about work. We can do this work shit all day long and we can have a podcast yeah. every fucking week and every day. And all we talk about is work, land some motherfucking bricks, papers da, 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 <laughs> and talk about some business. Okay. Who are you and who are you outside of business? Who, who, who yeah. are you building your life to become? Okay, cool. Yeah. Good question. Um, so I grew up in Michigan uh, I didn't have like a, you know, an extremely rough background, two parents in my household, family's always, you know, provided for me. I had food on my table, uh, went to a great high school, went to a great middle school. So pretty good upbringing and people around me were always involved, you know, in business. So, um, I'm, I'm a pretty normal guy on a day to day basis. I like to laugh a lot. I like to smile a lot and I like 
funny events. I like just to, just to have good energy around me. So, uh, for fun, what do I do? I like to probably just hang out with my friends. Um, I'm really big on being outside. So I like being outdoors. I like being, you know, near water or like swimming or just doing wild stuff like hiking. I'm just into having fun. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I like sports, favorite sports, probably, you know, basketball, football is what I watch most of the time. Um, I like soccer too. I'm pretty, have, you know, some good fun playing soccer. I mean, that's me. I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty normal guy. Like sometimes I think I'm boring even times because I'm so focused on business. That's why I asked, because a lot of times we do get too focused on business and we forget that we actually have a personal life. Like what is a hobby that you would like to be known for? Like, okay, I'm gonna tell you straight up. I'm a pilot. Okay. Everybody who I talk to, they know I'm a pilot. Like every time I turn around, you know, I'm a pilot, but now I'm actually, I'm on the piloting. Um, Joshua got me back to DJing. So I actually got my shit set up in the living room. My my wife is allowing (laughs) me to set that up in the kitchen only at certain hours of the day. So that's pumping back up. The house is pumping. And then I'm like, okay, I'm about to fucking start hiking now. So like now I'm running, I'm like, I don't have time to do all this shit. And so, so now I'm about to give me some hiking gear and then I'm going to fly to different hike. Like I have this all planned out. So like, what's your thing? Are you there yet? Cause if you're not, I'm actually going to hint, hint and push you towards there because you're going to be 43 or 44 and realize that all you did was fucking business. Okay. So you got to start finding some things to enjoy your life with business is going to happen. Yeah. Like you just put the right people in place. It's going to happen. So, so let's go on. And what do you want to do? If you don't doing it yet, what do you want to do? What do I want to do? Um, it's a good question, man. Uh, I like to, I like to travel and, and meet people and experience. I like, I like to do like fun experiences. So like probably the, the outdoorsy stuff, like hiking, I was a boy scout, you know, I grew up outside, you know, when I was little, my mom used to say, you know, come back inside when it's dark and just close the door. So I'm used to being outside, you know, like skiing, snowboarding is really fun in the winter. I love doing that in Michigan. Um, whitewater rafting. I like outdoorsy stuff. A lot of my friends are not so much outdoorsy guys. And they're like, why are you always outdoors, man? I like it. I like being outside. Mm -hmm. I love that. There's something so beautiful about connecting with nature, isn't there? And just being out there in the rhythm of life, you know, and being disconnected is great. So I I don't really have a specific passion yet, Dwayne. I'll get, I'll get back to you with that. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't wait too long. Don't wait till you get 44, 45. Don't add another 20 years to your life. Start figuring that shit. Now, here's the deal. I'll give you permission. You're allowed. Okay. Like, you know, I mean, a lot of times we get in business and we think it has to be all about business and all of that's all we talk about. Yeah. Like, I'll give you a scenario. Like, I'll throw I listen to every word you say, believe it or not. Proximity's power, which is was the beginning of what we talked about in the beginning. And then everybody you surrounded yourself is very, really good in business. I mean, because that's a proximity that you built. Right. But I've asked you about your personal life and the joy and everything else. You're like, well, my friends don't do that. So you got to find some proximity that does that shit, too. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. That, that is true. Yeah, that's true, man. Yep. That's for sure, man. And just I'll, take a look I'll, around. I'll that's that's where you'll be in five it's years. probably just the outdoors for me, man. I just like being outside, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Fast forward it, though, Joshua. Fast forward it five years. Where do you hope you are? Where do I hope I am? Um, what does life look like? What does life look like? Probably, uh, you know, probably have a team of anywhere from 15 to 15 to 25 people doing some, you know, just still doing luxury outdoor living for, as it relates to the business side, um, outside of business, probably I, one of my goals is to be really well connected. So I want to, I want to be one of those people who can always say, Hey, Josh, do you know, someone calls me, Hey, Josh, do you know someone that can do this? Yeah, man, I got you. I can hook you up or 
I can just go from state to state, country to country and be really well connected with people and always, you know, or not worry about, do I know someone there? And, you know, can I have a fun time while I'm there? That's one of my real goals to be really well connected. Yeah, That's I actually good. do live that now, Josh. Um, I'm not country to country, but I'm pretty much state to state. Almost any state that um, I go to, like even when Josh and I travel, um, I, I know everybody, like even the techo block staff during that, that, that event, I know the, I knew the entire techo, even the truck drivers, like I kicked it and hung out with them. Yeah. So yeah. That's what, that's one of my goals for sure. Just to be super well connected with people everywhere with different walks of life, because you have a lot of similarities, whether you believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's definitely cool. And it, that never hurts you. Let's put it that way, right? Yeah. It, it'll always be a benefit to have that connection and to know somebody and to be able to be the connector throughout this. Now, you've obviously been in business a couple of years now. And, you know, how have you had to change your mindset from coming into business to where you are now as you're growing and staffing and all that stuff? How have you had to change to six inches of real estate between your ears? You mentioned TEDx and all of that. So, you know, how, how did you, what did your journey look like? How did it change? Where were you? Where are you now? Where are you going that way in your mindset side? Mindset side. Yeah. I mean, I've probably worked on my mindset more than I've worked on anything. So, I mean, of course you got to know some product stuff, but everything, like you said, the real estate between your ears is everything. So, I mean, mindset for me, I mean, I've just been working on it a lot, reading books, podcasts, a lot of stuff like that. And then from a day-to-day basis, it's just having certain principles in your mind that you know that, you know, this is a part of the journey, understanding where you, where you sit in your journey and that when you run into hardships, that is inevitable, you know, no matter what you're doing, like I said before, no matter what you're doing, you're going to run into that and realizing that nine times out of 10, if you just face those problems head on, those problems actually evolve into opportunities. So sometimes just taking a, you know, almost being, I sometimes say naive and just thinking like, you know, the best of every situation, because sometimes it does just pan out that way to be better than you expected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I mean, sometimes yeah. people in our industry battle a lot with fear and anxiety, you know, in terms of, you know, oh man, I got to meet this deadline or, oh man, the client's barking at me. Like, oh man, the the plumber's taking forever to do this. Stuff like that. It's just a matter of mindset and understanding that everything is like, it's going to be okay, but you have to compartmentalize that in your head. Like, and don't let your, your natural human side just override you and, and push you to a point where you're like, you're so fearful, but it's all in your mind. Josh, one of the things that we, Joshua and I had when we were at the Techo Block event, we have this booth that we made and it says stop selling paper patios. And then it says, we'll show you how to do jobs for $100,000. And I swear, I swear to you on my life, Josh, that that created a ton of fear. And you said it in the contractors. What is the catalyst that, and I'd like you to say it loud and clear. What was the catalyst that gave you the clarity that could do a job over a hundred thousand dollars and remove that fear? Yeah. So big jobs are always made up of, I always tell people this, Hey, you want to do big jobs? No big deal. Good. You're already squared away for it. Big jobs are small jobs put together. Always. They're always smaller jobs put together. Okay. A patio here. Okay. The walkway there. Okay. The fire pit here. And then, you know, for me, the way that I got confident about doing these bigger projects was because I had done these smaller projects along the way. And when I'm putting together this design, I'm seeing like, okay, that's Sam's projects right there. That's Bill's project right there. That's, you know, Dwayne's project right here. That's Joshua's project right here. And I'm saying that from the design standpoint, like this small project is similar to, you know, a project we did in the past. 
this part of the project is similar. So you break down these big projects into smaller pieces and then it's easy to bite. But a lot of people don't understand how to even find these customers, which is where the fear starts. And then they're like, how do I even find a customer that's open and willing to spend, you know, 50,000 plus, 100,000 plus? And that goes back to the mindset. You know, you have to feel in your mind that you're actually valuable enough and you bring enough to the table to be able to connect and attract a person that actually wants to do business at that level with you. You know, a lot of times I used to have fear about the fact that I'm 24 and what grown man double my age would want to spend this much money with me. But a lot of times it doesn't boil down to age. It boils down to your confidence and the amount of information that you have and how certain they are in you and how certain you are in yourself, because that's going to rub off on them. If you walk into the room and you see uneasy and you seem fearful, they're just as human as you are. They've been on the earth probably twice as long as you. If you're listening to this podcast and you're young, they can feel that. They can feel that, man. So what you should be doing is walking in there with ultimate confidence, feeling that, hey, I've done smaller projects that are a makeup of the big project. So this big bite that I'm taking is no different than the smaller ones that I took along the way. Yeah. Funny you say that. When I design stuff, I'm actually surprised that it is over 100K. I'm like, holy shit, that wasn't a plan. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll draw something like shit. You know what I mean? I'll start pricing like, fuck, I was trying to be at 70 and then now it's like 300,000. Like, yeah. God damn, like I'm trying my best, but uh, pissing me off. But dude, I used to have the same problem. Like, I mean, same brother. You know what I mean, African American. I, I hate using African American, by the way. I'm just, yeah, yeah, I'm just a black American. Great. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm actually Jamaican American because we can't talk the way them talk. You understand? Know? My mom is from Jamaica. Yeah, so I'm, 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 yeah, man. Yeah. So Jamaican American. American. So um, I had the same issue. I would go in 22, 23, trying to close a deal. And the homeowner is complaining about their lazy ass kid who's 27, 28 years old sleeping in the basement. I was like, holy shit, this motherfucker better not know that I'm 23 because I'm about to get this deposit check. And if he knew, he wouldn't be paying me shit. So you mean, how did you how are you even keeping that composure when you're dealing with that? A lot of this came from from college, man. In college, I was super big on business. So I used to pretend I used to purposely put myself in case studies. So consulting companies would come to the school and they would have case studies about, hey, how do we solve it? So for example, I want a case study with Wells Fargo. They had this big case study interview where you have to present the solution, make PowerPoint decks, you know, explain the financials, make financial data analysis. So I was in college, I always put myself in a position of pressure. Always. You know, so I'm always used to being under pressure. So a lot of times, frankly, you know, this landscaping stuff is easy to me if I'm being completely honest, because it's it's pressure, but it's not like it's not that much pressure. It's just. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. That was uh, you stop. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's a that's a signal that Josh and I do. <laughs> oh, okay. you're, the, you're the first one who caught that, dude. Like that's like our secret signal. <laughs> you're the first <laughs> one. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is uh, episode 60 and we finally one person caught our signal. We Joshua and I have a signal that we do that when we volley back and forth, we have hand signals that we put out there. <laughs> so we know that I'll jump on the next question. <laughs> and you caught that. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So this is for you guys, but also I'm speaking to some potential listeners who I don't even know are going to watch this. So like what I want to say is that the real thing is that, um, you know, putting yourself in positions of pressure and being able to overcome those builds your internal confidence. And when you're confident, there's nothing that you can't tax confidence. You can't take away my confidence. I can't sleep it off. It's there no matter what, because I put myself in positions, you know, that were pressure. If you're, if you're listening to this podcast and maybe you didn't go to college, maybe you didn't have those opportunities to be in pressurized situations. You've been in situations in your own life, whether personal or on a smaller scale with the clients that you work with right now that actually would 
that that replicate that same pressure that you're going to feel with these bigger projects. So it's no different. And and a lot of times, sometimes the bigger projects, the clients are more easygoing than the smaller projects where they're nitpicking about the smallest things. So again, it's back to the mindset. In your mind, you have to train yourself that, hey, this is just a big project made up of little projects. I've been in situations before where the customer tested me, the customer you know, wanted to see if I actually knew product knowledge, if I was actually a legitimate company, if I could actually take on a project of this size and I exceeded and excelled in those positions, this situation is no different, man. So if you're listening to this podcast right now, man, hey, you got it. Just continue to remember situations where you were under pressure and you survived and you will continue to survive in the future. Dude, you're a, you know, and I, I make this shit up. Okay. But you're a killer. Like Joshua and I, we talk about like lions and things like that. One of our theme song is lions in the wild and we consider ourselves lions. And so, you know, me being the black side, I, I make up my own shit and you're like a killer, bro. Like what that is, is you figured out early that it's about who you are, what you think, what you can become. And you figure that out. And now you're just driving on. What happens is you're getting success from it and you're doubling down on that. Was there one, was it something that you read is something that you saw was it in your parents like what was it that gave you that killer that that rawness off the rip i mean i'm I'm impressed i think it's just like the gradual stepping stones of wins you know the the wins look small at the beginning and then they get bigger and then sometimes there's wins that you just can't deny you're like man that's crazy i just did that i can't believe that so i don't have any pinpoint moments but i've had um just a lot of small wins along the way that just made a really big pile of confidence for me so I wouldn't mm-hmm. credit to any one moment, but there's been a lot of moments where I, you know, I missed out on a party. I missed out on having fun. I missed out on this to build myself and my confidence and it's paying off now, you know, and I'm only 24, like you're saying, so that it's only going to compound as I go along in the future, but no one moment, but just a lot of little moments along the way that give you reassurance about yourself and who you, who you are and what other, more importantly, sometimes what other people see in you that you can't even see in yourself. Yeah. So much of this is about showing up. Yeah. Right. The fear is there. Fear is in everybody's mind, right? That's part of our survival brain, the amygdala, right? The survival brain. It's always trying to find what's wrong and what's going to hurt you and overriding that. It sounds like you figured out a way to, to kind of circumvent that young. So you can put yourself in positions of going to seminars and going through those high pressure, you know, case studies and things like that so that you can get to a point where you just get used to being in pressure. And then, you know, what happens? You start believing that you can figure out anything. That's you start believing true. you can figure it out it's and pretty soon you just don't care. That's what happens. Like over time you start to think like, dude, I can do anything. <laughs> there yeah. comes a point where you start to think like, I can almost do anything. Like not in a cocky sense, but dude, I've done all of this. And at those moments when I was doing these things, it seemed like the biggest thing in the world. It seemed like the world was falling down at that moment. Five months later, I'm looking back like, dude, that was nothing. So, you know, I'm going to add that you can actually change your wording, but uh, I for, it was an interview and I forgot his name. He was like an old school rock and roll dude, br- black dude. He was loud as hell, yeah. sort of dressed like a female. Like if you guys remember his name, you let me know, but I can't remember his name. I mean, not Ray Charles, but something um, the, the he used to dance and move the feet, whatever. But he said something in an in a interview the other day and he said, I am not conceited. I'm convinced. OK, so you just convinced, man, who who you are. Here's a question. As you're building this growth, okay, have you figured out how to run the business yet? Yeah, I actually have, but there's 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 still parts, you know, all this is a process. So there's still things that I need to learn. Um, the biggest thing for me is that what I want to focus on right now is 
I actually been looking for someone to ask, and I can probably ask you to get you guys this, you know, when you're running multiple crews and you have multiple projects and you have multiple deposits and multiple, you know, pay increments coming along, do most people operate that out of, you know, multiple bank accounts or one bank account? I have, we operate, <laughs> I have six <laughs> bank accounts that operates the business. So are, you know, maybe four of six for specifically your four crews, or I just want to know how people operate there. No. Okay. Soon as you get out, soon as you get off this podcast, soon as you hit in and leave studio, you go right over and you buy profit first. The instant you hop yeah, off, I this is a Mike McCallowitz. Okay, then you got to start up those bank accounts. Okay, the sixth one that I have that he always says, I got income, I have materials, I got operating expenses, I have taxes, and I got profit. Okay, materials is what saved my ass. Hell, just the other day, I mean, you, you're running big, so you know what I'm talking about. Just the other day, Josh and I were talking, I dropped 90 Gs in four days. Okay, I would have sweated my ass off. You know, what I mean, if if that was you know, any other time, but because I have these profit first bank accounts, you know I mean, there's several hundred thousand dollars just sitting in that account waiting to do things like this. Yeah. So what you got to do is get profit first. Read, I mean, read it again, get a better understanding, go out there, set up these bank accounts. Um, if you hit me up on the message, I'll show you how to set up the spreadsheet where you can adjust the numbers every single Friday that you adjust all the payment numbers and figure out where the money needs to go. Then you make your transfers every single week and do you'll look back and like, hold Holy shit, my yeah, life has I changed. I need your help with that because I, I was reading profits first, but it wasn't really geared toward like our industry. So it made it so hard to understand like how am I supposed to be, you know, putting like doing this with these accounts when you have continuous daily, you know, daily expenses, gas, yeah. diesel, you might need a new blade, you know, just all kind of stuff that happens. Yeah. And you got to get with Wes too from uh, Synced Up. Um, get with Wes Zimmerman, you mean ASAP, because he'll show you how to get your overhead recovery. That's where he he's mind blowing me on that. Like you got to recover your overhead, like your office, your staff, the people working for your salary. You got to recover that in every single job. Like I didn't even know that. That blew me away. Wow. Okay. Well, I'm definitely, yeah. <laughs> that was I, excellent. I, I literally was writing awesome. down, like I need to find someone who knows like, you know, how to, how to do that. Do they do multiple accounts or what? You answer my question. So I'll, I'll talk to you. Yeah. The reason why I asked that um, is because I was your age. I was excited. I was humping. I was growing. And what happened was I grew this multi-million dollar operation and I had no clue what the, and it, it got, it actually got unbearable because I didn't know what I was doing. And, I, and, and being African-American black, there wasn't any black people around me to ask questions who understood business on a level that we were doing it at, or, I mean, there were business people doing it, but I didn't know them and they weren't close proximity. So my wife and I, we just battled it out for years trying to figure out and it, it wasn't fun anymore yeah yeah for sure so joshua you've been in business a couple of years now what are maybe two or three um little nuggets that you've learned along the way that you you wish someone would have told you whispered in your ear as you went is there anything that comes to mind that you could empower our listeners with um uh, something that i wish they would have told me beforehand yeah something you learned along the way that you're like damn that was good um uh, yeah Maybe it's something to do with mindset. Maybe it has something to do with business in general. Answers, or... man. This is, I got a lot of cliche stuff. When people ask you that question, it's like, uh, never give up. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's good stuff. It's all um, good. I don't, I don't know, man. I'd say for me, the biggest thing has been um, like appearance is reality. So, you know, you should put out a good image to the public because, you know, I'm not saying to, you know, put a, put a bow on shit, but I'm saying like, even if you're not where you want to be yet, it's important to portray the qualities of what you want to be 
so that people see that in you. And when you become that, they believe it. So, you know, one thing is that, you know, I'm wearing polos. If, I, if I'm on like the business page, I'll wear a polo or, you know, be more professional, just, just small stuff like that. Um, I don't really have anything, man. I'm sorry. Okay. It's all right, man. I'm just asking. You never know. Sometimes <laughs> there's some nuggets in there, but, uh, so Dwayne, you have any other questions for Josh? Uh, you know, let's, uh, I want to just dabble in that appearance is reality a little bit. I actually like what you said on that. Um, do you feel there's a level where, you know, we always say fake it till you make it. You mean you, you go over this and, and, I, and I'll explain to you a little bit about how this, it helps, but it also can hurt. Yeah. Like give you a scenario when Joshua and I first met, uh, I was a little bit over four years ago and we invited, you know, he invited me to dinner. He came here to Chicago and we had, you know, had this meeting, which actually was probably a life-changing meeting for him and I, him and myself. Um, he was dealing with mental, but his business was doing great. I was mental. My business was doing horrible. But if you were to sit beside us and have that meeting with us, you would have thought my business was doing very well. And because of that, I had a man sitting in front of me that probably could have gave me some tips, could have gave me some pointers. You mean just could have steered me early in a direction when my mind was fast fizzled out. Does it hurt a little bit by being, you mean by showing that you mean the fake it till you make it because it's sort of masked a little bit where you could get some help somewhere? Yeah. I mean, it's not necessarily like fake it till you make it instead of like, Hey, check out this pool that I put in the ground. I didn't do that. Not like that. More so like, um, you know, like showing the, showing our equipment, showing the nice equipment, showing the nice trucks, showing the nice dump trailers, showing the nice projects, showing the nice execution. So, you know, showing that side, because of course, let's just be real. The business side of my business isn't as big as I like it to be. So, you know, showing that side and it's not necessarily fake it, but it's just, you know, a, a show the appearance of, what's nice, what's great about the business, the reasons why giving people reasons why to decide to work with you in that case, not so much. I don't like the fake it till you make it. I'd, I'd always say face it till you make it, hmm. you know, face the good days, face the bad days, face the times where you're uncertain, face the fear, not fake it, face it, and then keep going. So I'd say, you know, appearance is reality more so in the sense of, you know, displaying the beautiful things about your company, the designs you guys are doing, the people you have in the business, the trucks, the equipment, the, uh, the, the customer reviews, stuff like that. Yeah. I'll drop this on here. Um, and this is, this is really for the listeners and for you, you never make it. There's, there's never, um, I made it. It, it will never happen. There's never this magic moment where the fucking stars and guns of Navarone come down and just shakes you and, and all that shit. You never make it. What you actually do is you actually learn how to live in this very moment. And this moment is where your life is. Okay. Where's your life? Where's my life? Um, I'm not at the, I'm not at the, the stars opening moment at all. I mean, I'm, I'm early in my, I'm early in my career. I mean, I'm, I'm far from where I want to be, man. I'm super ambitious. Like, uh, some days I get really down on myself. I'm like, man, you should be doing a lot more for what you're worth. You know, you, you got a lot of potential, dude. So, I mean, I'm, I'm early stage, man. Like, uh, I'm, I'm super early in my, in my career, in my life, where I want to be. And that's also the downside of being aware of a lot of things. You know, it also puts you in a position to compare yourself. Sometimes you're like, I'm aware of all these people doing amazing things. Now I feel a little bit bad about myself. So uh, yeah. hey, hey, do, do something for me real fast. That what's that? Your left hand you got on your neck, yeah. raise it up in the air. <laughs> okay. Lean forward and pat yourself on the back. 
appreciate that. You're doing a you're doing a fucking amazing job, bro. Exactly. You really are. Yeah, you're doing an amazing job. No, it's yeah. just the, it's Look just the human aspect of this of all of everything. Like you know, put the business aside. We're all humans. Like everybody has emotions. Every everybody has feelings. And nowadays, with social media being so prevalent, it's hard when you're not engulfed in that community to not see other people who are doing amazing and think like, man, shouldn't that be me? Yeah. Even when I'm doing amazing stuff, I'll have a sweet project going on. Like, man, this is killer. This is killer. Then I'm like, dang, that's a sweet project too, though. And I love to do that. So, I mean, I don't know. It's just some things you can't avoid in this life, man. It's being a human, you know, you got your brain, we got all this old stuff up here, you know, <laughs> this old wiring, but, uh, you know, it works out for us. <laughs> That's why you got to be in the moment Like you're going to the older you get, the more you're going to learn. But that's why you got to just you got to enjoy the moment, yeah. because no matter like you mean, I can do, put a dope ass project out there and there's somebody going to throw another dope and I can throw a dope design out there and somebody five minutes later is going to throw a nope dope. And I'm like, damn, that's better. But what happens is you got to learn how to live in the very moment yeah. of who you are. And that's why I'm telling you now, do it's a, during this whole interview you you are very strategic about where business is going who you are what your business is going to do but you don't have any strategic plan on who i am and what my life is going to do what i'm going to be and i'm telling you what that is the very catalyst that took me from where i was making to making millions of dollars is i figured out what my personal life was going to be and hell my business really just funds my personal life. Yeah. Like that's really what my business is. It's funding the joy. Like you guys, didn't, I didn't even really post it, but hell I got back on Thursday and I was fucking to St. Louis on Friday yeah. and until, till Sunday, like I didn't even post the shit. You mean, just because one, I had to drive. So that's no fun to post fucking videos or drive. My wife begged me to not, she begged me to not buy a plane ticket. So she made me drive, but it was, it was to hang out with my son in his football game. You know what I mean? And just have a good time with that. So I live for those moments and those things. And you just got to live in that moment right now. Just like, dude, you are the shit and be it right now. And you're always going to be the shit, no matter if you got good jobs or bad jobs or something fucked up, you yourself personally are the shit because at this moment you're good. You're the shit. So just always be the shit period. Yeah. Be convinced. I mean, Tony says it best when he says trade your expectations for appreciation Yeah, and your whole life changes, man. I mean, it is, there's so many times I have to remind myself of that when I see others doing things that I wish I could do, or, you know, they focused on one thing for 10 years and created this massive whatever. And then I'm like, well, I didn't do that. I did something different, but I said, you know what? I'm so happy they did that. Because for them, it's perfect. And for me, it's this is perfect on my journey. But my expectations were like, oh, you should be doing that or better. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I appreciate everything that I have and what has happened for me to me with me. You know what I mean? So it's trading those expectations for appreciation. Then you can start being in the moment. That's the catalyst that gets you to what Dwayne's talking about here. Yeah. It's just being like, wow. Look at me. I'm 24 and I'm fucking killing it, dude. Your energy. The second you came on this podcast, I'm like, I'm going to like this dude because he's already jacked up. He's got the energy. He's, he's here and he's, he's, he's a killer. He's one of the killers out there. You can just sense that stuff. But uh, have you ever been to a, to a Tony Robbins event, a UPW? Uh, You want to know what's really funny? I, my mom sent me to one when I was little. I don't even, I barely remember it, but it was in California. It was for two days for children. And I, I met, it changed my life in these so much so that like, I remember meeting people from different places. So I I roomed with a kid from Italy that changed my life. We could barely speak, but we're like, we're trying to mouth to each other. Like, Hey, do you like this? Do you like that? That changed my life a lot. I I met some kids from Australia. So I've never been to a Tony Robbins event directly, but I went to like one of his summer camps for kids and I met people from everywhere. It, It changed my life about the world. Like the world is everywhere. 
At least shit, that explains it. I mean, that right there explains it. Like that probably explains why you are where you are. I have yet to meet somebody who's gone through a Tony Robbins event and not really be successful in their form of success. Uh, Josh, um, even though you're the celebrity on the show and I know everybody probably knows who you are as before we even post it, but how can people find you? Like where mm-hmm. were your events? Like, where are you? Who yeah. were you are? Where your business? Explain that. hundred percent. Yeah. So, uh, this year we're taking a really big dive on YouTube because the content lives forever. So, uh, you can search us on YouTube. It's odd jobs. We have, it says odd jobs, design, build on YouTube. Search us up. We post all of our designs there, as well as Max and I do some pretty in-depth walkthroughs of our projects, talking about the goods, the bads, and some tips that we would do in the future for future projects that would resemble this. That's really big. If not that, uh, Instagram, oddjobsoddjobs.mi on Instagram. If you want to follow my personal Instagram, I give a lot of information about motivation, about mindset, about how to get started and make your first thousand bucks in landscaping. I've got a couple of videos on my YouTube. I mean, on my Instagram about that. That's Josh K Adkins, A D K I N S. <clears throat> and, uh, follow my partner, Max Geds, M A X G E D Z. Max Geds is awesome. And, uh, that's how you can keep up with me. Love it. Love it, dude. Well, Josh, it's been, it's been a real pleasure to have you on. I love your energy. I love that you're so young and so full of piss and vinegar. I love it. And I wish you nothing but the best. Anything yeah. you can do, anything we can do to help you on your journey, please reach out to us. We'd be happy to to help you through that, of course, and guide you as much as we possibly can. Um, but guys, you know, it's our goal here to impact and empower 2 million, you know, contractors in the next four and a half years. Dwayne is counting down pretty quick. They get two and a half million people empowered and ready to go and out there enjoying life and being present. And, and working in a business that they love, empowering their team and all of that stuff and spending more time with family. So if you know of anybody that could get value from this podcast, please you know share it with them. Um, that's what this is all about, is sharing content. That's why Dwayne and I spend so much time on the podcast and introduce awesome people like Joshua to the world, you know, into our world at least, so that uh, everyone can learn and gain. So hopefully you gain something from the podcast today and uh, keep killing it out there. Spring's here and uh, we'll meet up with you next week. Later. <laughs>